All right, y'all, we are live. Hello, world. We are back live and in color all the way from Maynard, Texas, by way of Atlanta, Georgia. I am your co-host, Deontay Dunlap. And I'm Shakima Dunlap. And we are the Dunlaps. Dunlaps. All right, my love. What happened in history that shares the same date as today? Talk to us. So a couple things. So the first thing I want to do is just go back to um, the fourth, which was the anniversary of the murder of Fred Hampton. I would never do a show and not mention that. That was one of the most pivotal moments for me. Um, I wasn't alive then, but um, just as an educator, I've always shared with my students the work of um, Chairman Fred Hampton. And I know a lot of people have become familiar with him through the movie um, Judas and the Black Messiah. But if you have not studied Fred Hampton and what he stood for, then I definitely suggest that you go look him up now. And again, December 4th commemorated the anniversary of his murder by the, by the FBI and the Chicago Police Department. So for today, we're looking at the Equal Justice Initiative's calendar. And this one says... December 6, 1915, the Supreme Court rules American women with foreign husbands lose their citizenship. How about that? So in Senate Resolution 402, um, they basically just said that it, they revoked citizenship of any women who married foreign nationals. So if I were to marry somebody from, I don't know, Egypt, then that would mean that I lost my citizenship. And so the Supreme Court issued a decision upholding the Expatriation Act of 1907, which stripped American women of their citizenship when they married a non-citizen. Under that act, women who lost their U.S. citizenship could apply to be naturalized if their husbands later became American citizens. But since virtually all Asian immigrants were legally barred from becoming U.S. citizens at the time, an American woman who married an Asian man would lose her citizenship permanently. Similarly, women of Asian descent who were American citizens by birth had no means of regaining their U.S. citizenship if they lost it through marriage to a foreigner, even if the foreigner was white, because Asian men and women were ineligible for naturalization in all circumstances. Meanwhile, American men who married foreign women were permitted to keep their citizenship. So the case was McKenzie versus Hare. Um, it was an attempt to challenge the Expatriation mm -hmm. Act and reach the U.S. Supreme Court. The court upheld the law, ruling that an involuntary revocation of citizenship could be unconstitutional, but stripping a woman of citizenship upon marriage to a foreign husband was permissible because such women voluntarily enter in su into such marriages with knowledge of the consequences. The Expatriation Act remained in effect until 1922 when Congress amended the law to permit most women to retain their American citizenship after marriage to a non-U.S. citizen, but still strip citizenship from American women who marry Asian immigrants ineligible for citizenship until discriminatory immigration laws were reformed in the 60s. In 2014, the U.S. Senate passed a resolution expressing regret for the past revocation of American women's citizenship under this law. What y'all got on that? Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, I'll second that wow. Uh, <laughs> heard that one. Um, that's crazy. Right? Mm. That's, that's all you can say. These things that's you don't learn about. Yeah. You don't learn about these things. You know, it's it's interesting. You never know. That's why, you know, that's why the saying goes, if you don't know your history, you are doomed to repeat it. And you, you don't, and especially with, you know, with some of the things that are happening politically nowadays, you know, if you don't realize, you know, what has happened before, 
you know, some of these things may, you know, come around again. And, you know, um, it's just it's just fascinating how it's like they said, it's nothing new under the sun. You know, it's like the same the same players get run over and over again. It's just with a different team. I guess a different coach and a different team, you know. Um, that's fascinating. Anybody have any any commentary on that and thoughts to share? I just don't understand why people keep doing women like this. I just I don't I don't understand. The homeboy is straight. He can marry all the type of whoever from wherever, but Shawty gotta go wherever he at. To, to it don't make no sense to me. It doesn't make, make any sense. Like women always get the short end when they do the most work. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get it. Because they control birth, and if you're going to maintain dominance, you can't do it without a uterus. Yeah, you have to control ovaries. You have to control women's. You know, you you have to Everything. control women's reproduction if you're going to maintain that dominance in society. And so even though it's a very private thing, it's a very public thing, like who we have, who women have children by is a very political act. Remember they tried to like breed certain aspects of the, you know, the global population out. So like um, having ownership or dominion over women's bodies is, is very political. Very Which political. is why Roe versus Wade was so important this time around. And I guess even with that, like the only reason why it was super important is because now white women are being affected by Roe versus Wade. But of course, we all know that in minority communities, they've been doing this for a long time with black and brown people. I love it. All right. So what I want to do now is shift gears just a little bit. You can tell we have several special guests with us tonight. I want to take a moment to kind of um, introduce everybody. And I think instead of reading bios, if you could just give us like 30 seconds, a minute, tell us who you are and and why you're here tonight. And then um, once we hear from everybody, we're going to shift and hear from my real estate booth, Letitia Rivera Clemente, who's here to help us get home for the holidays. That's the title of tonight's show. Um, she's going to talk to us about everything home ownership in Texas. We're so delighted to have you here, Leticia. So if you can just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, why you're here tonight. Well, first, I uh, just want to say I absolutely love what you guys are doing. You know that I love you. Um, thank you for having me. I am Leticia Rivera Clemente. I am a licensed realtor here in the state of Texas. I work in the Austin and surrounding areas for such as Maynard, Pflugerville, Round Rock, just the greater metro area. Um, I, my background is actually in state government, uh, previous 13 years in state government and um, enforcement. And then about five years ago, I just decided, you know, the cubicle is not for me. I have an entrepreneurial spirit and wanted to go into business for myself. So I have been a realtor going on five years. That is cool. So you started off in real estate, like right before we moved, well, before I moved to Texas. Dunlap has been here for several years, but right before I got here. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, Janice Hoagland, AKA Nisa <laughs> Coop. <laughs> All right. Well, my name is Janice Hoagland. Um, I'm 29 years old. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, but I currently live in Los Angeles, California. I actually just moved here in August. So it's been like four or five months being here. 
Um, went to Mount Zion High School, Miss Avery, oh, not sorry, not Miss Avery, Miss Dunlap, sorry, <laughs> thinking back in high school. Uh, Miss Dunlap taught us, uh, well, taught me from 2011 to 2012. Um, I ended up graduating from Auburn University with my bachelor's in media studies and minor in theater. And I currently work at ESPN now, um, which is under Disney, so under the Disney umbrella. Um, I've been with the company for like five years. And what I usually would do is live event replay um, for television and different live events. And now I do like short highlight turnarounds and television segments. That is so cool. Okay, so Realtor ESPN, okay. Danisha Gordon. Hi, um, I'm Danisha. I'm 32 years old. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, but right now I live in Dubai. So similar to um, Janice, I moved here in August to become a teacher. So I'm here right now for two years, but this is actually, it feels so long, my ninth year of teaching. So hitting that decade mark in education. And I met Miss. Dunlap, she wasn't necessarily my teacher per se, but I made myself her student <laughs> as much as I was in her face um, when she was at Riverdale High School. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Yes, and um, she's modest, but when she was at Forest Park High School, she won Teacher of the Year. Yes. So she's definitely mm-hmm. my favorite math teacher. Yes. <laughs> Thank we you. Great things. We do great things. And last but not least, Brandon. Hey, how y'all doing? Um, my name is Brandon Wallace. I am uh, 29, about to be 30. Um, I also went to Mount Zion with Janice. Uh, we were in the Magna program. I did theater. She did vocal, but we kind of, you know, intertwined, got it together, figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Mike Donisha, Ms. Dunlap was not my teacher, but I was always around. Um, just somehow, she taught my little brother. Um, so she she's fond of fond of my brother. Uh, I think she also taught his fiance. Yeah, it was hard to get into her class anyway. <laughs> she was the high heard, She was the hot ticket. She was the hot ticket at Mount Zion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, but um, I am uh, my my dress not as exciting as everybody. Yes, yes, but um, I am a secretary at Oliver Elementary, um, in Clayton County. Um, I'm also a YouTuber. Uh, drag queen, actor, all-around performer. I do whatever I can as long as the check clear and that um, it's a good time. So yeah, that <laughs> that right for real. <laughs> yes, and honestly, um, when when I invited Brandon, I didn't know if he was gonna come as Brandon or Santana. So okay, all right. She she, she take too much. Have she touch she over much. there? She over there. She she on break. She on break till Sunday. Um, her, 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 her clothes right here. These are clothes. Okay, okay. <laughs> and this this is her trophy. She won second place in a pageant this yes. summer. Is that, so this is, is that like her a trophy. Glass what is that? We'd love to see um, it. It's not glass. Um, but you know it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I keep so close. I keep so close. I love it. I love it. All right. Thank you, y'all. I'm so glad to have all of y'all here. And y'all know my, my booski, Deontay. <laughs> That's the <Yeah>. smile. <laughs> 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 all 
and I appreciate him for having uh, just you know just allowing me to spend some time with the people that I love. He he he's gonna allow me to do two shows. So this is part one. Part two will have some additional um, young people that I've worked with. So I'm I'm grateful. He, he's such a good sport, baby. Thank you. Oh, it's my pleasure. My absolute pleasure. Oh, I'm gonna be nice to you when this is over. Kim and Maris. All right, Letitia, you ready? Yes. Tell us, tell us what we need to know about this home ownership situation here in Texas. So I love that you um, titled the show "Home for the Holidays" because you know it's a common misconception that you know during the holidays is not a good time to buy when actually it can be the opposite because during the holidays, you know, yes, things tend to slow down, but you have to think that there's less competition out there. Um, one of the things that is happening right now, you know, a lot of fear mongering online, uh, the interest rates are so high, it's not a good time. So you have buyers sitting on the sidelines waiting for interest rates to go down when that's just not a smart thing to do because guess what? The prices of the homes aren't going down appreciation is constantly going up. Just look at the data. The data shows that. Um, And that's one of the things that's big about me, the type of realtor that I am, is I'm big on the education part of it. I make sure that my clients, my sellers, my buyers, my investors are, you know, well-educated about the entire process and about everything that's happening right now. So, um, you know, buyers that are waiting, sitting on the sidelines, listen, you know, you're going to be sitting on the sidelines again when the interest rates go down, because then that's when you'll have more buyers flooding the market. And then you'll have a multiple offer situation like, you know, what happened the, the, the last year and last two years um, during COVID when interest rates were so low. So, um, you know, it's, it's real important to get with a knowledgeable realtor that can educate you on what exactly is happening in the market um, and, you know, when the right time to buy is. And of course, the right time to buy is if, you know, your pockets are right. (laughs) Um, But I also, you know, I connect and work with a lot of great, experienced, knowledgeable lenders. Um, And that's really the first step, you know, making sure that you speak with the lender, find out what your debt to income ratio is. A lot of people, another misconception is that, you know, my credit has to be 700 before I can get approved. And that's not true. FHA, the lowest your score can be is actually a 585. And to get approved for some of the programs, you just have to be at a 620. So, you know, a lot of lenders and a lot of the builders actually have programs in place that will help buyers get you to where you need to be so that you can get into a home. Um, So, again, you know, it's just about having the right realtor on your side. The more you know. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, you, you don't know what you don't know, right? Absolutely. So. Awesome. What advice would you give to people who are just, I don't know, like almost afraid, just feeling overwhelmed, like by the whole process of becoming a homeowner? And it, it's a dream, you know, that they have, but like they just don't know where to start. Like they don't, it's just the overwhelming fear. Like maybe they do have a score and don't even know how to, what to do next. Yeah. So listen, <laughs> I've worked with those buyers too. Um, and I actually just helped a buyer um, move right up the street in Elgin. You know, it's only like a 10 minute drive away. She, she was a first-time home buyer. Um, I, I love working with first-time home buyers because like I said, I'm big on the education part of it um, because that's, that's what I 
you know, pride myself in with my clients is that I am there to take a lot of that stress and frustration off of your back, right? Um, your realtor should be working for you and should make the process and the experience pleasurable because it's it's a lot of stress and it's a big deal. It's one of the you know biggest purchases that you'll ever make in your life. So again, the first step is to make sure that you get connected with a knowledgeable realtor. Um, you know, don't just hook up with your cousin because she's an agent <laughs> and, you know, no shade on, you know, family that's doing their thing as a realtor. But, you know, if you're not exactly qualified, hey, it's OK to share the love. And guess what? You can get a referral fee. But but let me pass you to someone who's more experienced in this area. So that's the first thing. Get with the knowledgeable realtor. Um, number two, you have to be pre-approved before you go home shopping. I do not take anyone out without a pre-approval because you don't you don't want to go shop if you don't know what you can afford. You know, so definitely have to get with a lender that can break everything down and a lender who is communicative that will be there during the entire process. Um, my first time home buyer, you know, I, I got her under contract in less than three weeks on a new build on new construction. She was so nervous during the entire time. But guess what? Again, I'm one of those agents that I'm there with you. I don't just pass you off to the builder like some agents do. They'll pass you off to the builder rep and then rely on the builder rep to give you the information through the process. No, I'm on top of the builder rep. Where are we at? Send us an update of photos. Explain this. You know, she, she needs a breakdown of this because every builder contract is not the same. They're not all created equally. Um, and so. Like I said, I'm there with her, you know, through all the appointments or all my clients through all the appointments every step of the way. So, you know, number one, uh, get with a good agent, get with a lender, make sure your finances are in order um, and everything. You know, if you got the right agent on your side, everything will just fall into place. That's some good. That's some good information. I know that um, Dunlap and I, we're we're still newbies like we purchased homes before like but we still don't know like all the ins and outs right and if we hadn't had good realtors walk us through um i don't know if we would have made it like it's just there are just so many hoops and hurdles yeah. and one mis one misstep can derail the whole process oh so, yeah <laughs> yeah i'm so glad that you're here um you know and and will you continue to come back and do segments i think like every kind of like walk people through the home buyer process and then hopefully by like this time next year we have at least six or seven people who can close <laughs> i love that yeah I'm, I'm happy to help i'm always happy to um share information and you know get people thinking you know outside of what they're seeing online like i said all this fear-mongering <laughs> that's going on so yeah I'm, I'm always happy to help and i appreciate you um thinking of me and allowing me to be a part of it you're my real estate boo <laughs> oh, that's what I have. Yeah. So tell tell people how they can find you. Yes. So um, my handle is Letitia, the number four real estate. And that's across all social media. So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram. I don't really do too much TikTok, but I'm on TikTok. Um, also my Gmail. So it's Letitia for real estate. And then, you know, whatever the, the website is, is how you can find me. All awesome. right. Before we let Miss Leticia go, did y'all have any questions? Like, do y'all have any first-time homebuyer questions or any questions? I know I, 
I'm definitely going to be reaching out to her because my sister, I've been trying to help her with it too, but she's gone through three real, I don't think they were really real estate agents so much so as people that she found online. And it's so hard to read out, like you said, someone that's there to educate because that's literally what I told her. You need someone that's going to teach you, not just say, do this, do this, do this. Right. So what area does your sister stay at? Um right now, the only thing though, she's in Atlanta though. But um I think they live in Greenbrier, but she's she's open to moving anywhere at this point. She's been trying for two years and she's oh, heard wow. the whole wait because of the interest rates or um you know, it does it's it's too much competition now. So she's been told all the myths Not and true. everything tried the TikToks and yeah. everything. So it's, it's, it's yeah. been a long journey for her. Yeah. I, um, you know, and even though, you know, I don't, I can't work the entire state of Texas just because there are different um, membership boards throughout the entire state, but I have an amazing network that I would, you know, refer, can refer to in a different state if I cannot touch that. But, you know, something to um, remember is supply and demand. The demand is still high right now. We are still like we have a nationwide housing shortage. So if that's the case, (laughs) there's that we're we're not in a housing bubble. That's another misconception, you know, that's being spread out there. And you can see that again, like I said, look at the data. And that's why, you know, if anyone has a question, you could just definitely come to me because I have the data to show. You know, I have the information to back up what I'm saying, and it just doesn't make sense. You can just look over the years of time where the interest rates are and, you know, how homes continue to appreciate. So we're not in a bubble. Um, there's there's a housing shortage still. And when there is demand, um, you know, buyers still can buy. We love that. We love that. And Miss um, Letitia? We hope that you can stay, but if you cannot, we thank you for your time and we'll see you in about two weeks. Yes, I will be here and I, I do have some time. I can stay. Thank you. Look at God. <laughs> okay. All right. So we're going to transition to the next part of the show. And this is about my babies. This is a little reunion. And I'm so glad. Denisha, I know you said it's like 3 a.m. where you are. That is dedication. Y'all, somebody that's in their 30s and they're willing to get up at 3 a.m. to come just spend time with their high school teacher. And like she said, she wasn't even in my class. I was her yearbook sponsor. She was in my yearbook class. Um, But yes, look at God. And so I'm just delighted to have y'all and Mr. Golan. That's called love. It is. That's and I love. have always loved them. I have always told them that I love them. They thought I was crazy. But I always told my babies that I loved them. They were like, this lady is wow. She ain't talking about she love us. She don't even know us. And I'm like, you can't stop me from loving you. You can't. Because see, if the thing is, is that if you had to do something to earn my love, then that means that you can do something to make me stop loving. And you, that's not possible. You can't. You, you don't have the power to make me love you. And you don't have the power to make me stop loving. That's just that's just what we're going to do. We're going to love each other. So I'm just so glad to have y'all here. Mr. Dunlap, I'm going to let you ask some questions. And I'm going to sit back and see what comes out of their mouths. They've been trained well now, but I know they're grown. So (laughs) we're going to see. 
Well, I mean, I think we can just because um, I don't have any direct questions, okay. so to speak. But, you know, um, I do like hearing the stories. So um, I guess we can go down to, you know, whoever wants to go first. Um, what's your favorite story? Um, tell me, tell me, tell us your favorite story about um, um, your mom, a moment with Miss Dunlap, Mrs. Okay. Dunlap. I'm on mute right now. Go ahead. So. Uh, I remember this one. <laughs> All right. So Miss Dunlap was, I think she either went away for something or she was out that day. And we had a sub and we were in the middle of like transition, like classes, like everybody's transitioning the classes. And we're sitting down just waiting for the sub or whatever. And all of a sudden, some student comes from out the hallway, comes in and basically tries to fight one of the students in her class. Yeah, it was crazy. And like, first of all, like Miss Dunlap's class was like a sanctuary. Like you pulling something like that, like <laughs> it's a, it was a no. So that person, basically they fought in the class. We had to get the principal, assistant principal would like take them out. She found out what happened. And then the next day, when she came back, she was like, how dare y'all allow somebody to come into your sanctuary to fight and bring all of this like harmful spirit and like all of this like animosity. This is supposed to be a safe space. This is supposed to be your classroom. And for y'all to do something like that, she was like, it's, it's disgraceful. And we all are here like, we sorry, we didn't mean for it to happen. Like we, we were just, you know, transitioning classes. <laughs> We didn't see it coming because it happened so fast. But when I tell you, it was like Fort Knox trying to get up in that classroom the next time. We was not letting people in her class. It was like a club. You had to be on the list. That's awesome. You know, I'm, and so just for the audience out there, um, you know, for those of you who are tuning in who may be new to the family, you know, um, Mrs. Dunlap has a profound connection with the students that she's taught in her career. And part of this um, reunion was to bring some of these brilliant minds that she has helped shape and become productive adults to the spotlight. So we can, because I really, you know, she, she, that, this is one of the things she talks to me about on a regular basis about her students, her babies, these, she, these young people that she's um, managed to inspire and reach. And, um, and, and I think that the proof is in the pudding. You know, it's one thing to say someone is a prolific teacher, but it's a whole nother thing when you bring the results of that, that craft and how that um, shaped a young person to become a productive adult. And I think that's that for me, that is what I want to illustrate here today is the is one thing to teach, but it's the lasting impact It's like, OK, I could teach you arithmetic in this class, but can you take what I teach you and use it in the world? And I want to highlight these young people who have taken what Mrs. Dunlap has instilled in them and brought it to the world and become their own. Um, version of a productive adult um, to become successful in their own right. So that's part of that. That's the big highlight here um, that I want to spotlight is how she's brought these young people up through her gift and allowed them to shine their, bring their gift to the world. So um, thank you for sharing that story. Uh, that, that's amazing um, because it takes a lot to create a safe space. Um, and when you have something that is, is, is poignant as violence, you know, physical violence coming to your space, 
um, and for her to step forward and um, and and make sure you all understand that that space will remain sacred uh, says a lot. So it's one thing to say it's a safe space, but it's a whole other thing to put it into practice and lock, put those locks and securities around that and and make it with and make it what you say it is. So thank you mm-hmm. for sharing that. Um, who's next? Keep them coming. I'll go, next. Oh, God. <laughs> go ahead, okay. yeah. So, um, like I said, she wasn't my teacher, but I remember my senior year. I think I we we didn't do nothing our senior year. We just walked around. We just doing stuff. Um, I walked into. I think she was uh, she was teaching my brother's class. I think I had walked in there. Um, I don't know if you remember like Damiana. They were in that class and stuff like that. You know those little people. Um, shout out to them. So I went in there. Um, I had talked to uh, Miss Dunlap a couple of times, just you know, hey, how you doing? Just doing the hallways. And then I just sat in there. I want to tell you this this sense of like calm fell on me. I said, Oh, this is nice. I ain't never felt this at Mount Zion. What is this? Oh, this is cute. Okay. The the lights were low. Um, the children were at peace. You know, she was over there in her corner handling business. The kids were doing their thing. She was doing her thing. I was like, oh, this is nice. I went and spoke. I said, hello, how you doing? Might I sit here for a minute? She was like, sure, come on in. You're welcome. You know, and I was like, okay. Thank you. You know, it was very nice. Um, we had like a small conversation and it was just her, 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 her energy and her spirit just radiates this beauty and love. And like, especially at Mount Zion, we needed a safe space because Mount Zion was no safe space. So it was very nice to be in that room for just those few moments. And it was like, oh, this is wonderful. And then I have another moment. It happened as an adult. A dear friend of mine um, passed away, um, our beautiful Aurora. And um, she was over um, kind of everything with the family, kind of just being there for them. And seeing her brought a calm to my spirit because you know it was already heavy it was a lot going on that was everybody's baby and then just so just being with her in that moment and being able to love on her and to um just have that connection with her about you know the aurora and how beautiful she was not only on the outside but on the inside it was wonderful having that moment with her and sharing that with her and the family um so yeah that's just a little text on her she's she's amazing and that was like years after we graduated too. That was what that was like two, three years after we graduated for a teacher well. to yeah, like we were all like grown in college, <laughs> but for a teacher to even, you know, still put her best foot forward to basically gather around the students who she taught and like who knew Aurora Aurora and to create this community. Even if we didn't, we hadn't seen each other in years, but just on Facebook, it was, you, I, you cannot tell me, like, you can't find people who do that on a normal basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just for everybody who, um, I had the, I had the, I had the pleasure of marrying Aurora. I did, I officiated at her wedding and then I had the honor of officiating at her funeral. Um, and then I was there a few years later when Georgia State gave her her posthumous honorary degree. So that, I had no idea one of y'all were going to bring that up, but that's what the tears are for y'all. Because 
and I actually flew back home last year and I officiated at her little brother's wedding. So <laughs> that that family, the Van Valen family, um, they have a very special place in my heart. Shout out to them. That's all the mom did she I gave her a big hug. I'm just like, oh, hey, mom. Yes. So, Miss Felicia, if you can hear us or somebody is watching, please tag Miss Felicia so she can know that we're on here and Mm -hmm. we are still loving on her baby. Right. And I do believe, you know, in the African tradition that you are only dead when people stop calling your name. Mm. So, Aurora is still here with us, her spirit. Y'all talk about a beautiful spirit. Ooh, yes. Just pure love, just pure, just pure. Um, just pure, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Denisha, I know it's hard I... to follow up behind that. <laughs> yeah. it's your turn. I didn't mean to go in. I just, it was on my yeah, spirit. Okay. I had to. You got to get it off. You got to get it off. Well, I think is, you know, I think the big thing here and I'll let you um, have your spot, Denisha, is it, just the lasting impact, you know, that this that moment, you know, connected y'all forever, you know, and, and, and not just, you know, but it's, it's everything involved, you know, it, it's not just the good it's, 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 it's all of it encompasses. That's what makes a complete experience. And when you have someone that not only teaches you, you know, how to see the world and, you know, and, and some, you know, and some factual items, you know, but also can, you know, comfort you in time and, 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 and tough moments in your life, you know, um, that, you know, those are the moments that stick with us forever. And um, it always it's, it's always amazing that, you know, um, that, you know, you that to, to have that, you know, I think everybody, you know, has to have that one person, um, particularly from school age, from your school days that has that lasting impression on you. I know I have mine. And and so um, but I'm glad that you all um, have this and I'm glad to be connected to such a person um, that brought you all that bring that brought you all so much and that you all still value to this day. And so, Denisha, I give you your opportunity to um, to speak your piece because um, I'm sure you have something um, amazing to add to this, you know, already amazing, um, you know, gift of um, story. So I'll let you I'll open up the floor for you. I don't even know if I want to go now. No. Um, <laughs> um, what's so funny, because I love that, Brandon, you said that because as you guys are talking, I have so many amazing moments with Miss Dunlap, but I don't want to say that. It's always how she made me feel. And um, but if I really think about one of one encounter, it was just her tone. And you guys know she has this mama tone. It's a soft-spoken mama tone. She was talking to me about a boy, and she was like, I don't even know why you're in denial. Why, why are we playing this game and something? And I was like, okay, this lady is going to be in my life forever. I knew at that point. And then as an adult, when I went through what I went through and we just talked on the phone and it was so weird, it was transcendental for me because being on the phone with her, I was sitting on my bed, but I felt like I was facing her and she was sitting on the bed with me. And so when I think of moments that I have, it's more so, Every time, how did she make me feel? Even in her, 
times when she fussed at me because I don't know why it always ends up being I get fussed at in a loving way. And I'm like, I don't I didn't come for all of this. But even with that, it it wasn't such a beat down. It was more so of a comforting like, look, I'm going to get you right. But I'm also going to tell you where you were wrong in it, too. And know that you're not for me. It was always knowing that I wasn't alone. I always felt like I was more mature in high school than most. And I don't think people gave me the space to actually live in that. I, I didn't feel like they looked down on me, but I felt like speaking up was never a place for me. And anytime I talked to her, I felt respected and that she acknowledged, hey, I can I see you for you. And that's that's stayed with me as a teacher because my whole thing is I want my students to know I see them. Nothing else. I don't care about the math. I see you. I see and every time we talk. She doesn't realize she says it. And it makes me cry every time. I don't cry until she says that. She always says, baby girl, I see you. Every single time. And that is when I'm like, that's all I've ever wanted. And to I didn't find it until high school. My 11th grade year from a lady that was my yearbook sponsor at the last minute who I still wasn't in her face like that at much. I sat in the back, tried to be quiet, and I would slowly come up and say little things just to see, is she picking up on this? To hear every time, even the la very last conversation before this, baby girl, I see you. So. You know, one of, you know, it's interesting how all of this ties together, right? You know, we got the theme of being home for the holidays. We talked about home ownership. And then you all have kind of led into all of the stories that you all told have a theme of safety, right? And where do you feel most safe? At home. You know, and that that's the interesting thing about being a teacher, because, you know, myself as a martial artist, you know, you, you know, as a martial arts instructor, you come across people of all walks, you know, some people who have experience, some people who don't, but it's when you can make somebody feel comfortable being themselves and where are you most yourself at home. And so that's one of the things I try to do when I meet a new student or someone who's never practiced martial arts is make them feel comfortable, make them feel at home, make them feel like, hey, you can kick your socks off and you can slip and fall and we're going to help you get up and we're going to try it again. That's what you do at home, right? When you're trying out new stuff, you're trying out new material, new clothes, whatever the case may be, you know, you can be your full self. And I think that, you know, that's one of the key aspects of being a teacher or an, an instructor in order to reach somebody and and allow themselves to be vulnerable enough for you to teach them, you got to give them a sense of home. You got to give them a sense of they're in a safe space. And that's one thing that I can say that has been a, a reoccurring theme in all of your stories, you know, is this um, this need to feel safe. And I know we make jokes in popular society about safe spaces and things that is nature. But, you know, the thing about the martial artist, the thing about the warrior is that they feel safe within themselves. That's what martial arts teaches you how to be safe within yourself. You know, it teaches you how to be confident knowing that you could take care of yourself. And, you know, and that, and that's what I'm hearing resonating from you all. And it just kind of hit me as not just a, you know, not just as a teacher myself, but as a, as a student, as a martial artist, as a warrior, is just this feeling of being, even in the midst of chaos, feeling safe. 
you know, when the world around you is just spinning tornado, you're in the eye of it and you feel safe. And that's what I've heard that Mrs. Dunlap has provided for you all is that eye in the storm is the place in the middle of the storm where you can just go and just be and just, you know, and, and not feel threatened, you know, from the outer world. So um, I, I, I appreciate that, that, those stories. And it's, it's, it's re, it just reaffirmed everything I already knew about her. But to hear you all speak to it and to have it all tie in together to just, again, about home, you know, and to, to bring you all back together again to, to, for somebody that made you feel at home, that made you feel comfortable telling some of the things that you probably wouldn't tell anybody else. You know, um, that's, you know, and, and, you know, kind of tying it back to martial arts, you know, you at your rawest form, you know, where, you know, everybody can see your mistakes, everything you do is on display. And so you don't get to hide, you know, and, and I know in the classroom where you can be your most vulnerable, where you might get the answer wrong, or you might not, you know, put the project together the way it was anticipated. You know, if you're in a space where you where you're made where you're given the space to make those those mistakes, and you made and you allowed to, to rebuild from that, you know, I think everybody deserves that at some point in their lives. And I'm and I'm and I'm I'm, I'm honored and and I'm and I'm happy that you all had that ability, had that space in your life because now you understand, you know, and that's where most young people want is to feel safe. You know, you know, away from their parents and in the world. And 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 I'll be honest, this world does a bad job at making, you know, young folk feel safe in the broader, you know, in the broader world. And so, um, you know, as teachers, as instructors, as adults, you know, we have to remember that if we if we want to chart a better, if we want to teach our young people better, we got to make it safe for them. We got to make it safe to to allow them to reveal their secrets and and to to be themselves in the world. Because if you live a life where you feel like you can't make any mistake, you know that's a that's a really tough life to live. Trust me, I know. <laughs> you know. Um, but thank you all for sharing your stories, Miss um, Dunlap. I'll open up the floor to see if you have any questions. Um, if you don't want to add anything, I just want to tell you all that I love you, and I I try to tell you that as often as I. Uh, interact with you and I mean it and I hope that y'all know um, without a shadow of a doubt that I mean that and I'm proud of each of you I'm so proud of who you become who you're becoming and I don't want to say I told you so but I did I feel like I did right like I feel like <laughs> I feel like I told all y'all like that you were special and that I knew that you were going to have your moment one day and that I hope that you're ready for it. Right. And so, you know, we would always talk about having to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Um, and one of the things that Janice didn't talk about was her class and the political activism they engaged in. Right? <laughs> so let's talk about that a little bit, Janice. What, what were your lessons from that? Like what, what happened and as an adult, looking back on that, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I want to hear know, this. <laughs> you know what's crazy? That moment changed my entire life. Um, what was it? Uh, that was when, wasn't it Trayvon Martin, right? So that was when um, the whole incident with Trayvon Martin, like when he got murdered by those police officers happened. And our class, and not only just us, but we had underclassmen who was very passionate as well. Like seventh grade class with Milani and all of them, they were highly passionate as well. And Milani wanted to 
do a demonstration with us walking out of class respectfully, going to the track and just, you know, doing a lap just to commemorate him. And our principal said no. <laughs> and we were like, okay, and <laughs> like we did not care. So luckily what it worked out in our favor because like she was just like they she made an announcement it was like if anybody walked out of class like you will get in trouble nobody cared about that um we ended up doing it anyways and not only did we just march past the field like we went all the way down the street came back go all the way up the street we had the news out there it was everything but that moment taught me that there are things in life that you have to fight for every moment of your life politically even us being as black children in Clayton County, like nobody really cares about. Um, there's always gonna be some kind of activism that you will have to take part of. Even like I said, with that regard, me going to college, going to Auburn in the middle of Alabama when Obama was elected, there were tons of situations where when he got elected, we went to go roll tumors corners and we had, you know, um, Klansmen or other people running or like literally circling the block, calling us all kinds of names, trying to spit on people and everything. Even to that detriment, I think it was like after I graduated the year after the, um, there was this uh, guy, I forgot his name. I'm not gonna even give him a clout either, but he basically wanted to come to campus to um, like rile up all of like the Trump supporters and talk about his racist antics. And me being with that situation happening in high school, being part of VSU, those moments mattered. And like documenting those moments mattered. And like um, being able to communicate that to the press and to other people on campus and to show that there is more out here than just white people, that brown, you know, um, problems matter, black people matter. Like these things are important for you to understand and for you to know. But that that moment sparked the activist in me. Like I've all my mom, she gets on me all the time. Even when I lived in Connecticut, like I went, <laughs> I went on the highway. I was marching with people. Like, like those small moments, those moments, they matter. And I don't know, forget it. Like she she taught us that there are always things that to fight for. Even to this day, like when you get a job and you feel like you're not getting paid enough fight for that because there are other people who don't say anything and they're getting lowballed. And I didn't realize that until I actually moved to LA when I got my opportunity out here. They weren't paying me enough. They paid new hires more than they were paying me. But it's just like you always have it's always something to fight for. It's always something to fight for. You always gonna have people that have your back. And it may be a slow process and there may be consequences, but it's totally worth it. How impactful is it that we had a teacher that showed us it's bigger than us because most mm -hmm. teachers are focused on what's in your classroom and it's this small little thing I just got to get through this give me my time and for her to actually still be able to teach and still be able to be like this is bigger than just what we do now it transcends that because this decision like you said you didn't realize it was going to change your life but the fact that she gave you that space to do that so that's just mind-blowing yeah, we even had political debates in her classroom. We talked about how we felt. We had times where she was just like, how do you guys feel about this? And instead of doing the lesson of the day, wherever that was planned for us by Clayton County, 
she gave us the space to open up, cry, scream, shout, write it out, do whatever we needed to do to get that out because it's important. And when I tell you like Miss Dunlap, if it wasn't for her and teachers like her, she prepares you like she really does prepare you for the real world like you know what you're going to get when you go out here you know that people are going to be racist against you you know what you you got to stand for and like what Mr. Dunlap was saying you know where home is home is in your mind home is what you make it home is your spirit and what you value and you have to make sure that those things are strong because the world is going to always try to break you down regardless of what you know what you think and what you say um but if it wasn't for her I'm telling you like (laughs) She's taught us so many lessons that I don't, I would, I wouldn't be the person I am today if I wasn't in her class. That's a blessing right there, child. Come on, speak on this. Give her her But it's real out here. Man, it really is. Because like working with children, especially black children, mind you, I'm not in the classroom, so I don't get to experience fully what they see and what they talk about. But the fact that they're, they're attacking learning about black lives in the school system there's little there's literal legislation saying that we cannot talk about blackness to a certain extent mm-hmm. which is ridiculous because you're trying to keep not only the black babies who need the history to see themselves in some kind of light outside of reality tv rap movies like those are all beautiful things those are things that we are you know we we, we enjoy and things that you know have helped us move through in our own lives but there are people who are scholars, educators, people who are writers, people who are um, way makers, people who make change. And we don't know about a lot of the people currently in office who are black, who make choices for us outside of, of course, for Georgia, you know, the fool and then Raphael Warnock, you know, those are both black men. I, I still keep office. tabs on Georgia. Look, I keep tabs on that too. I'm all the way in California. I keep tabs on Georgia, to. baby. Because <laughs> baby girl, politics matter regardless of where you live in it. <laughs> that man is a detriment to all people. You know, and I was telling, I was telling my friend, um, I wanted both. I wanted both Miss Abrams and I wanted Warnock. But I said if I had to choose one of the two, less of the less of two evils. Give me the white man and the black man instead of the black woman and the black man. Because Herschel did not need to be nowhere near my capital. She'd be nowhere near my legislative meetings. Nowhere near none of that. So I need and so, but like, but these are things that we don't talk about with kids anymore. We don't make the you know uh, the election process. A topic of conversation. We had fake when I was home coming up in Clayton County. We had fake elections. They mm-hmm. had a whole program for us to go in and vote for a candidate. You know, I voted for John Kerry when he was going against Bush. You know, because I was like, Bush ain't giving, so I'm going to John <laughs> Kerry. You know, I was elementary school, but I was like, um, and then even things you know like um, LGBTQ history. That's one thing. And that's the, we all do back and forth with that. And that's fine. Ain't no tea. I get it. But like, there are people in LGBTQ history who are major parts of not only like their, their own history, but Black history mm-hmm. and world history and, you know, United States history, American history. But so it's just like, we don't have to keep people so 
separate and far away from things that are reality. The white babies will be okay. It's okay to learn the truth. Potentially, you know, they might have been. They don't, but you know, they don't want them to know the truth. That's the thing. They don't want them to know the truth. They don't want them to know what their ancestors did. So what what the saying is, Black history is American history. They don't want them to know all the strife that their ancestors put the rest of the country through and how basically this country is built on Black people's back and Native American people's back. Even when it comes down to other nationalities, we did all the groundwork and white people literally profited off of it. And it's it's moving to Dubai. It is. I knew about that in America, but you don't realize it's the same in the whole world. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying it's amazing that it she showed us that it was bigger than us because I have people that I work with who do not believe slavery was affecting, they had slave owners or their ancestors were slave owners because that was only in America. It didn't happen everywhere else. But your ancestors also came to America. Yeah. It was an immigrant area, an immigrant place. So to hear that in growing up in Clayton, growing up in Clayton County being, you know, Black everything. I even went to HBCU because I was like, I'm just going to live in it. I am who I am. And then coming here and hearing the things, it makes you have to switch up who you are because you would think it's more the internationally, the races, they're mingled in a lot here. But the racism fight that's here is so much bigger than what it is in America. And what it is, is that people don't realize it, though, because it's not talked about as much. It's just, oh, every Black person has the same name at this point. Or, hey, you must be kin to this person, not realizing that, no, my last name was given because of my slave owner from history. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait. So even having to have them understand that piece of it. Or even when we do little protests mm-hmm. and we try talking about, I tried mentioning it. You know, you heard about it. That's like, you mean that kid that something happened? No, it's not just that kid. Right. Even that understanding of we need to put respect, whether it's your nationality or not, there's some level of Absolutely. respect happening. Mm-hmm. Even if it was just censorship of things, because there is a lot of that too, when it comes to, slavery history especially anywhere else in america it's just having that platform to be able to say well as a black educator or as a black person with a sense of mind here is how i feel and having someone that was so adamant about what do you feel say it get it out if it doesn't sound right okay that's fine but at least be able to express your feelings versus keeping it inside all the time so absolutely that's huge. So, so I guess what I'll do for my closing question for tonight is just talk about how the world has changed. You know, since since you were in the classroom, like what you thought the world was going to be like versus what it really is. What's the biggest surprise to you as an adult? It's the ghetto. <laughs> Hello. Don't Can think it's ghetto. It? Oh my I recommend. God. Get me out of here. I just want to do chores and just do my homework and play video games. Like, if I didn't have to pay for bills. This is the worst. This is the worst. (laughs) Get me out. 
here, like dating sucks. And then on top of that, high school dating was so easy. You knew all 10 people in a row that was at the school. So you had a choice. Now you got tenders and the hinges and all the stupid stuff. Everybody evil. Everybody want this. Everybody want that. It's too much. Bills are too high. Hello. Why do I have to pay two thousand dollars for four hundred square feet? Make it make sense. In Atlanta, in Atlanta, there's nothing money in the city. What are you doing? I love Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. Bank heads on one gang gang. But what is we doing? What is you doing? No, but for real. <laughs> um, and then car insurance. Scam. Oh, yeah. Don't worry, it's, it's a scam for everything. Everything is a scam. Everything is a it's scam. Okay. Scam. <laughs> but, uh, but, but back to the question. <laughs> um, there, uh, there were moments where we, we had parents and teachers all say, it's, it's not what you expect it's going to be. There were mm-hmm. moments where you know, they was like, it's going to be hard. But we're 17, 18. You know, hot new thing. You know, we about to break free into the world. We out here. And then my my slap happened early, but I seemed to get slapped throughout the, you know, these past tell about high school. I graduated in twenty years. So what ten years, eleven years about high school? Yeah. You graduated yeah. twenty eleven, right? I did. It's been eleven yeah. years since I graduated. I yeah, actually that's twenty four. I was right behind you. Oh, but I've been slapped several years along the way with lessons. And it's just like, we should have paid attention more. Mm. We should have paid more attention when it came to life lessons. Because a lot of y'all gave us life lessons when you weren't paying attention. We got love lessons too, but we weren't paying attention. And um, economics class is also a scam. I just want to say that as well. Because um, the one, ooh, I don't want to be shady, but um, I'm going to do it. My economics teacher did not, set me up for life. Shout out to Miss Connor. Um, but I was not set up for what the truth of finances would be as someone trying to potentially, you know, have somewhere to live, drive a nice car, be able to pay my bills, and still, you know, work a job that I enjoy. You know? And, like, the world has gotten so... The world has been dark. But we mm-hmm. now acknowledge, we can now see how dark the world is because it's so much access to so many other spaces outside of our little bubble. Like, I've cried many nights over LGBTQ lives that have been taken. You know, my Black trans sisters who have been gunned down, murdered, assaulted, all type of things. And I have to constantly battle family and friends we're trying to, you know, give validation to these women's lives because they don't understand because of their religious beliefs. And there's so many things in that that is a lie. But, you know, it's like, hey, one other day. Um, but it's just realizing that every day is a fight. I didn't know I had to fight every day of my life. Because in high school, I didn't have to fight. All my life, I had to fight. All my life, I didn't realize I was going to have to fight every day. I have to fight. One for being gay, one for being black, one for being fat. I know I had to fight for my weight. You know what I'm saying? Like one for being a creative. Um, I like to act. I like to dance, do drag. I do YouTube. I have a TikTok. Like I do things that are fun for me and I create spaces 
for other people to enjoy those things. Why do I have to fight for everything? It's hard to just exist. And now being a black man, again, I didn't know how bad it was when I was in high school. But it started with Trayvon for us. For us, Trayvon was the big, you know, we heard about it, you know, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, all of them, they were, you know, it was, they were, you know, gunned down as well. But it's just like, we didn't see it. It wasn't real because it was 40 years before we, 40, 50 years before we got there. But now seeing the Trayvons, the George Floyds, the Breonna Taylors, the, um, so many so, people to even think about. Uh, Flannel Castile was, was one that really got me because you killed this man in front of his children. Like, it, it, it's, I'm black and I'm not a small man. I feel like I have to watch my back and my brother's the same way. We are both tall, plush kids, you know? Like, it's, 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 it's an intimidation thing. I have the sweetest face. Look at it. Like, I'm not going to bother nobody. But it's just, I'm in fear and fighting for my life in that regard, too, because I don't know who, as a person of color or even or just existing, who's going to try to take that from me. And I got to worry about my nieces and nephews coming up. They're, some of them are mixed race, some of them are black men. I have black women. I have to watch them, make sure they're okay, and make sure they're uplifted. And then I got to worry about, you know, my Janices and my Denisha's in my life. I got to make sure that these women are uplifted in my life. You know, I may drop, you know, I, 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 I just, I, I just want to make sure women are always told how beautiful they are inside and out. I have to feed that into them because the world tries to take them, especially black women tries to take that from them. And like, not only are old white men trying to take control of women's bodies, but like the mortality rate with women and pregnancies and, just in the hospital in general, with black people in the hospital, it's 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 scary. It's so scary to me, and I didn't realize how scary it was going to be at 18 years old. Wow! But now seeing all this happen, it's just like I'm thankful for my village, my extended village, people who are close, the people who are nearby. Like even Miss Dunlap, like I know if I ever needed anything, I could reach out and you'd be there. Like, I don't have to talk to you every day. I don't have to, you know, be in your face. But I just know, like, if I say, hey, mom, I need a moment. Can you just give me two seconds? I know I could do that. And it's, 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 the village is most important when the world is so dark. I think that's a good way and, to close. Yeah. Yeah, that, you can't, you got to close on that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to close on that one. Thank you, Brandon. So, y'all, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, don't let, I'm just full maybe I'll let you close us out I don't know I just want to say thank you y'all for being here with me tonight um, for blessing me for blessing our viewers and our listeners on Spotify um, our special guests tonight have been Leticia Rivera Clemente Janice Hoagland Brandon Wallace and Danisha Gordon I'm Shakima Dunlap and I'm Deontay Dunlap we're, we're the, the Dunlaps, Dunlaps. Yeah. thank y'all for joining We'll see you here next Tuesday, same time, 6 p.m. Central Standard, right here on Facebook Live. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.